Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi everyone and welcome to the Cognitive Recalibration Podcast. As usual, I'm your host Shravan. We do have Tyron with us, but it was a bit of a struggle to get him here. He's had a series of unfortunate events with his flights being cancelled and delayed and he he's finally made it, so yeah. it shows his dedication. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> nearly missed the movie, but somehow made it. Went from the airport straight to the theatre. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about if it was worth it. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about if it was worth it or not. But we have a guest this week. He's our good friend, Baska. We've known him since basically we were kids. I never knew him as a horror movie fan, but since we watched The Conjuring movies, we've had some really good discussions on horror movies. So I thought he'd be a, a good guest to get on for for the episode that we're doing today about, about The Nun. It's so a, welcome. Welcome, Baska. It's a pleasure to be on board. Thanks for inviting me. And uh, good to see you in the flesh, Tara. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Recording the, in the studio. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we have a good time. We've all just come back from watching The Nun. We were all in the same screening and we're very, it was, it's only been about a couple of hours since we've watched it. So we're quite, quite fresh out of it. I think us three have different views. I think we've all liked it differently. So we'll, you'll find out in our review. So as usual, we'll do non-spoilers, then spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, feel free to keep listening because we're not going to, well, we're going to try not to spoil anything. In this era of shared universes, so we've got the MCU, we've got the DC shared universe, we've got Harry Potter's Fantastic Beasts shares shared universe, and we've had the Dark Universe. The dark which... Universe, my favourite, personally, <laughs> yeah. Which is Start, Stop. Yeah. So obviously they have varying levels of success. Probably the MCU is the most successful, and they've been doing it the longest. I would say the MCU is the only successful one yeah. harry potter one doesn't count really yeah well they're still sort of starting up with that yeah i would say the middle earth franchise is it, yeah it was going well up until oh. the release of the, the the other hobbit films i thought yeah. the first hobbit film was good but um yeah. yeah but the one that kind of slips under the radar is this conjuring universe i'd probably say quality wise it's got 
it, I mean, it's not a big universe. There's not that many movies in it, but quality-wise, it's one of the better ones. And uh, not many people realize that it is a shared universe. I think so, it's one of the largest shared horror universes. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, there's I'm many... trying to think of if there's many other ones. Insidious. Yeah, which was also directed by James Wan. Yeah, it yeah. is. So, yeah. Well, there's also like Halloween. the Halloweens yeah. and like what's the other one? Jason. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street. Yeah, they have shitloads of movies in those yeah. ones. But, but this is, I think, this is a proper universe because it has proper spin-offs as well. Yeah. They're not just sequels, so it has characters that you see in the movies, but they have their own movies as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where there's a good effort to preserve continuity and carry yeah. your references. Yeah, it's it's a bit more connected, connected, yeah. rather than other ones. Every single movie is connected. No matter if they're good or not. <laughs> yeah. well, I hereby forward a motion to call the Conjuring Cinematic Universe the CCU. CCU. <laughs> so we got the MCU, the DCEU. No, no, it's not called that. Oh, it's, it's called, called Worlds of DC. Worlds of DC. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Like, how yeah. did they mess up everything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they even messed up the very basic parts. <laughs> the Harry Potter one's called the Wizarding World or something? Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yeah. No, I don't think it's of Harry Potter anymore. It's just Wizarding World. Yeah, the oh. entire world. It's, it's yeah. his world. It's the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought they said it was Wizarding no, World No, I think they Potter. dropped the Harry no. Potter now. So yeah. it's just Wizarding World. But we'll, we'll move on to this movie. So it's directed by Corin Hardy. Previously, this is his second movie. So previously he directed a movie called The Hollow in 2015. Mm. Haven't seen it. I think it's a horror movie as well. Yeah, I think it I've heard of it. It won a few awards at Sundance. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, in 2000, 2005, was it? 2015, sorry. 15, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's meant to be okay from what I heard. In terms of budget, most horror movies, they don't spend a whole lot. So this movie costs $22 million. In comparison, Annabelle, the first Annabelle, cost $6.5 million, So that was pretty low budget. Conjuring 1, $20 million. Conjuring 2, 40 million. So that was the most expensive. And Annabelle Creation was 6.5 million. So the Annabelle ones are on the lower end of the scale. In terms of box office, they're expecting 45 million opening weekend for this movie. So that's pretty good considering the budget that's gone into it. And for comparison with the other Conjuring Universe movies, this is overall box office. So Annabelle 1 did 257 million, which pretty good comparing it's only a 6.5 million dollar budget so that's pretty good that is surprising yeah conjuring one 319 million conjuring two 320 million and then annabelle creation 306 million oh actually it got more than conjuring and conjuring two wow no no it got it well it's in the same ballpark so i got 306 yeah, yeah. and conjuring one and two got oh, about so 320 20, sorry yep. yeah so they no. all do around the same in the in the 300s but when you look at their budget they're, they're pretty profitable movies. Still pretty impressive. So I thought well, it would be really good if we went through a timeline of The Conjuring movies before we jump into The Nun. So I've done some research, but I know Basker's done probably more than me. I think you've watched all the movies. Yeah, uh, I've had a pretty tense week. <laughs> <laughs> As so usual, to... I've done no research. <laughs> one, two... Three. All right, so there's four movies in the current existing universe. And I Did think you watch all of them? I watched all of them on the week weeknights before I went to sleep. Oh, nice. It's <laughs> a good effort. I watched Animal yeah. Creation yesterday, and I think, yeah, yeah I've had some uh, interesting sleep experiences. Yeah. But, um, that was worth it. It was good. So the universe dates back to 1863, so that's the earliest date in the universe. And it starts in Harrisville, Rhode Island. So for those who have seen Conjuring 1, they'll be familiar with that. So that's where the witch Bathsheba... From you, you see her in Conjuring One, sacrifices her baby to the devil and commits suicide. 
But before she does that, she does lay a curse on her land. So Harrisville in Rhode Island, dooming all the people that try to live on, on it and try to live in a home to be, basically, they have to sacrifice their kids. Well, the mother has to sacrifice their kids specifically. So that's, that's dated back to 1863. Then there's a big gap and we hit 1946 in California and we meet Sam Mullins, Esther Mullins and Annabelle. So Sam Mullins is a doll creator. So he makes what we know today as the Annabelle doll. So he, he was the creator of that. And his daughter was struck and killed by a car in an accident. Basically, it forces them into seclusion. They, they don't want to come out because they're all depressed because they lost their daughter. And they pray to see their daughter again. And their prayers are answered, but not by who they were praying for, but by a devil. So a devil inhabits their house, and at first it does show them their daughter, so they think it's good, but then they find out that there's something else behind it. So they have a series of events with the devil, and then they realize that they can't keep this doll, because the devil goes into the Annabelle doll. And they put the Annabelle doll into a closet, and they cover it with the pages of the Bible. And they leave it in there. This all happens in about the late 1940s. So they, they go through these events with the devil and then they realize that they've got to put it away and they seal it and put it in a closet. Then we jump to 1952, which is this movie in Romania. We'll talk about this movie in the review. So we'll leave it at that for now. In 1958, we jump back to the Mullins. So they reopen their doors to take in a group of girls whose orphanage just shut down. Including uh, a nun. Including a nun. Including a nun. Which is Charlotte. Sister Charlotte, yes. It happens to have come from a convent in Romania. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you haven't seen... um... No, I've only seen the two movies you haven't talked about yet. (laughs) So obviously spoilers for everything... Everything Conjuring Universe related, yeah. except for The Nun, for yeah. now. And as, as you can see, they're really upbeat movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in 1958, so the story revolves mainly around a group of friends, Linda and Janice. So, Janice su- suffers from polio, so she, I think she has an injured leg and she can't walk. Yeah, some, some form of uh, crippling prevents her from, from walking properly. She has a brace. And basically, they're told specifically not to open the closet door by Mr. Marlin. But of course they do. It's a horror movie and they do stuff that they're specifically told not to do. <laughs> so they open it and then it possesses Janice and Linda notices the difference in Janice and Linda tries to get rid of the doll, but obviously the doll has a mind of its own, it keeps coming back. And at the end of the day, they're saved by Sister Charlotte. She locks Janice in the Bible closet and what they don't know is Janice actually does escape. So she escapes that closet and she goes to an orphanage down south in Santa Monica and she changes her name to Annabelle, of all names. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Foreshadowing? Much? <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we leave that story. But there is an Easter egg during the events of 1958 and they show you a photo of Sister Charlotte in Romania and she kind of moves around the photo and you see a flash of the nun. And that's that's all we see. And there is a post credit scene with the nun as well from that movie. Which is, uh, it's an interesting take on the on the Easter eggs, which James Wan loves putting Easter eggs in his films whenever he has a he has a chance. But that one was really, really subtle. It was very subtle, yeah. You almost don't notice it. When I first saw it, I didn't notice it. I was just wondering when, when uh, Anthony LaPaglia's character was pointing at the photo going, who's this? 
I thought I was talking about the, just the nun at the right. I didn't see there was someone in the shadows. So when I replayed it, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> there's actually someone there. Um, and it wasn't, yeah, it, it, it was just there as an appearance. Yeah, but yeah, it was. It was always. It's always good to to come back and then revisit how they are. Obviously, they planned this through, so they have yeah. sat down and have this storyboard. They go, okay, we're going to plan this, 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 this. Um, so it's good to see that foresight. And then we do a big time jump. So from 1958, we jump to 1970. We return to Annabelle's doll. So the Annabelle, Annabelle's doll comes into possession of John and Mia form. So they move into a new neighborhood. And for some reason, Mia loves to collect terrifying dolls. It's just her Is thing. this still so the Annabelle movie? This is the Annabelle movie. So we've jumped from first Annabelle, Annabelle creation, or second one. First, the first Annabelle, but the yeah, the first Annabelle, but it comes after Annabelle creation. So in the timeline, it comes afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Mia and John, they're expecting a child, and I think it's for her birthday or something. John gets her an Annabelle doll. I think he said he was going to wait till after the pregnancy, and then he decided, oh no, just just as an excuse. Because he, he messed up. He, he said something to his wife and she got angry at him. Uh, so I was like, oh, just to make up for it, I'm going to give you an early surprise. What, to the wife or to the... To the wife. To the wife. Yeah. He gets a wife and Annabelle doll. Yeah, because she likes to collect dolls. And apparently oh, okay. in, the, in the cinematic universe, the Annabelle doll is at the time considered like a very, very exclusive collectible. Like like you, only 100 exist in the world or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. even going back to the earlier movie, Sam Mullen, he's basically making a living from just the dolls. Like her, the mother doesn't work. And Annabelle, obviously, she's a kid, so they make a lot of money just from selling the dolls. So that, and they've got a nice place, as you see in the movie. They've got place enough to fit an orphanage full of girls. So, well, jumping back to Annabelle, the the first Annabelle movie, you find out that Janice, who calls herself Annabelle now, joins a cult, and along with her, I think it's her boyfriend, they sneak into her adopted family's home and they murder them. And the adopted family happen to be the neighbors of. John and Mia and John and Mia hear something in the neighborhood so they walk out and Annabelle proceeds to their place to attack them as well but the police come to intervene so they kill the boyfriend and Annabelle grabs the Annabelle doll that they have in the house and she kills herself but at the same time she transfers the spirit of Annabelle back into the doll so back where it came from pretty much it's a different Uh, doll though I'm not convinced. I, it might be. It looks the same. So okay. I don't know if it's a different doll, but it looks the same as the. The it looks. It looks like the same. The, the guy said he bought it. He said he he didn't say he he just said he he got it. He didn't say how he got it. Yeah. And I feel like I don't. Uh, the last thing you see in Annabelle Creation is they put the doll in the back of the police car. They close the door. That's it. And I feel like they would have taken it to the station. Nothing happened. They ended up selling it to the close-up pawn shop. And the yeah, pawn shop and there. probably bought it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It would make sense if it's the same one. Yeah, yeah. If it's two, if there's a, two Annabelle dolls out there. It's a sneaky, out. it's a sneaky coincidence, though. Yeah, I cannot handle Annabelle three where there's two dolls. But yeah. maybe the doll, it knows where Janice is, so maybe oh, it's okay. trying to return to its place, um, something like that. Some motif, Sauron in the One Ring, yeah. <laughs> drawn to its evil. So who are the nine writers? <laughs> so from then on, the the forms are plagued with the supernatural attacks from the Annabelle doll, and the demon ends up demanding Mia's soul for her child's life. But Mia ends up making friends with, I think it's the pawn shop owner. Who, who's oh, oh, the bookshop owner. The bookshop oh, owner, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the bookshop owner, she has a backstory as well. She lost her daughter 
in a I think it was a car crash or something, and it was her fault. It was a car crash. Yes. Yeah, and it was it, she. Well, she's regretting it because she thinks it's her fault. So she ends up sacrificing herself, and then the spirit of Annabelle is supposedly gone. Well, so they think. But the Annabelle doll resurfaces again six months later in a in a pawn shop when someone purchases it as a present for her. I think it's for her daughter who's a nursing student called Debbie. And we meet Debbie in The Conjuring. So Debbie's a little bit smarter than most of these people. She calls on the Warrens to help her investigate because they have a series of supernatural events happening to them too with the Annabelle doll sending them notes, which is seen in Annabelle creation as well. So Annabelle, the actual daughter Annabelle, used to play that with her father. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. But the, but yeah, the notes were slightly different. In the, in the in the movie, there was always about a game of hide and seek. Yeah. Uh, find me you know I found you that kind of stuff but yeah. The Conjuring it was just, just kill me no, was, <laughs> I think it wasn't it was just miss me wasn't it miss me like there's a question oh okay yeah, yeah. and they, yep. they go into the room and it's just awful or crayola <laughs> <laughs> they can't handle that yeah yep. so then we jump to 1971 so from 1970 to 1971 the Warrens are assisting during the exorcism when the, the victim grabs Lorraine we'll come back to this because this is related to this movie oh, yes. causing her to have a vision of Ed's death uh, so we've jumped to the conjuring, the first conjuring movie now, and then Lorraine locks herself away, and Ed does not want her to be involved in any more investigations because she's had some violent visions, and he doesn't want her to go through that again. But a few months later, the parents move into their perfect family home in Harrisville, Rhode Island, which we heard about a hundred years earlier, and that's obviously the same house that was inhabited by Bathsheba. So then that spirit wreaks havoc on the family and then they call on Ed and Lorraine to help and they set up some traps to prove to the Catholic Church that there is in fact a, a demon in that home and they definitely prove it because I think one of their children goes flying across the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grabs the hair and just goes flying and they have to cut the hair off. Yeah. And then all the, all the crosses started falling so they definitely got that. And I think James Wan makes an appearance, doesn't he? He's one of the children. James Wan's the mic yeah. dude, isn't he? So he's the, a he's a sound guy. So <laughs> yeah. I, I I researched this, and that's actually not James Wan. That's oh, an really? actor called um, I forgot his name. I think is uh, the guy who played Drew, right? Drew, the cameraman and the mic guy. He's the one. Yeah, the, the mic dude. Yeah. yeah. So his name he's an actual actor. He's an, uh, his name is Steve Duke, I think. Um, but it, that wasn't James. James oh, does make looks... an appearance as uh, as one of the audience members during the lecture. Apparently, it oh, looks okay. exactly like him. He does look like him, and yeah. I actually thought that was James Wan. Yeah. But then on, on second, second, he's the one who flirts with the one of the oldest girls. I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's uh, that's in, that's in the, his name is Steve Drew. I think I'll double check. But when I did see The Conjuring, I, I was convinced that was James Wan. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, Bathsheba inhabits Caroline, who's the mother, and Caroline takes two of her daughters back to the house. So they le- they end up leaving the house because they're convinced that this house is definitely haunted. So they leave the house, go to a cl- uh, close by motel. But then it's too late already because Bathsheba's already inhabited Caroline. So Caroline takes the two daughters back to the house to kill them, to sacrifice them. And then the Warrens arrive just in time. She's about to murder one of her daughters and they arrive just in time. And then Ed performs an exorcism himself and they eventually manage to cast Bathsheba out. And it's a happy ending. Batshit, insane Bathsheba is what I like to call her. (laughs) That was one of the freakiest... Was that the? Oh, I, I think I get these movies confused. Is that the old dude? 
Nope. No, no, no. Batsheba is the, the, the woman. Okay. In the yeah. white sheets. Is the old dude in the second one? Yeah, the old dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, uh, the English. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to him. Yeah. We'll get to him in a second. Yeah. Then we go forward another five years. So 1976, we go to Long Island to the Amityville Horror. So this is, now we jump into Conjuring 2. They go through the Amityville Horror sequence. And then Lorraine again has the same vision of Ed's death. And we see Valak for the first time in this movie. Mm-hmm. So she's Ed. I think Ed paints Valak because he sees her as well. That's correct. Yeah. And then she has that really intense scene with Valak how he comes out of how she comes out of the painting. Yeah. And then stabs um, him. No, no. She doesn't. No, no. What's it's the just scene that where scene... you see him getting stabbed? That's the very first. That's scene. the first scene. That's oh, the first okay. Scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and what, what the directors commented on that was that the scene, the very beginning scene when you see Valak pointing that premonition out. They, they make a very strong statement saying that what Lorraine saw was a premonition and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the, with the demon that the demon's not showing her this it's her looking at the future yeah yeah. but the demon is just kind of feeding off that premonition energy and kind of I think uh, enforcing that level of that fear yeah, yeah yeah so the nun shows up in this movie yeah she comes out of the painting or whatever yeah or there's that yeah. really intense scene where all the doors and curtains close and then yeah. um yeah. and then you see the shadow walking across the room. Yeah. Yeah. Which you see. For any for any enthusiasts who are planning to do a conjuring two watch, there's three moments in the film where you'll see the name of the demon. Oh yeah. really? Yeah. You'll see the letters of the name placed in plain view uh, in their house. In, in their, their house. house, yeah. And right before this scene we're talking about, it's there on the bookshelf. If see if you can spot all three times it's spotted. It's really interesting. Yeah. I think well we spotted one in this movie. In this movie, yeah. We spoiled one in this movie. I'll tell you when we get to spoilers. So then we skip to 1977 and we meet the Hodgson family in London. So we've gone international now and they have four kids. They basically move into this house. It's always family moves into a house and the house is And then they get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) More or less. Yeah. (laughs) Is this the one with the kid that's in in the wall? Yeah. Or is that the first one? No, you're thinking of that is the correct one. It's it's, it's like something she's in the... Like the electrical box or something. Yeah, she's yeah. in. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Janet, the second daughter, that sees the most. So she has the most encounters with this spirit. So the interesting thing to know is that Conjuring 1 and 2 are based off true events. Yeah, they are. And 2, you can actually see the actual footage of, of the interview with Janet. She has a, a very deep male voice when it's not footage; it's a recording, isn't it? No, there's actual. There, there's a recording and there's footage as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's footage. Yep. The actual yeah. coarse voice comes in the recording only. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But, but the video footage is interesting. It's yeah. just it's interesting. It's curious to watch as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's got the. Is this the one with the pictures as well? Yes. Yeah, the with pictures like, are separate, but they do include that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they end up meeting with this Bill Wilkins character who used to live in Bill in the house. Yeah, Billy. Bill. Bill, <laughs> it's my house. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the, he's the no. There's another person called the Crooked Man. Yeah, the Crooked Man's a separate one, yeah. and apparently they're going to make another spin-off movie for the Crooked Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Warrens end up taking the case. That there's basically some evidence that Janet may be faking the possession. There's some footage of that, but they find out that it's actually the nun that's controlling the ghost of Bill Wilkins. So it's not even Bill Wilkins that's. Uh, that's haunting them. It's actually the nun. So they end up having a confrontation with the nun in the end, and they have to say the nun's name, Valak. So basically, the, 
common thing with all these demons is that they don't like their own name. When people say their name, they shouldn't have shouldn't have named yourself that if you don't want your <laughs> if you don't like your own name, you know. Yeah. So they they say Valak, and then it gets cast back to hell, and that's the last we see of the nun until, of course, this movie. But this movie is before all of these events. Yeah, that's that's the timeline. So we've got everything from eighteen. 1863 to 1977. Pretty much everything, except for one exorcism, which is definitely going to play a part in this. Yes, in this yeah. movie. Oh, that was sequel bait, I reckon. Yeah, oh, we'll get into yeah, it. We'll yeah. get into it. So, yeah. I think whenever we have a guest, we usually get them to explain what the story is, and I think Basque will do a better job than both of us because we were, <laughs> we wouldn't. We were watching the movie, but we were having fun at the same time. I was so. I was super tired. I had to wake up really early this morning. I was just trying to stay awake during the movie, yeah. to be honest. So, Pascal, what what is the story of this movie? Okay, so uh, in a nutshell, the Nun is basically a prequel story. It is the earliest entry in the Conjuring franchise, as we learned. It starts off with some some dark events that happen in a nunnery or a convent in the middle of Romania. Where um, it starts off with, in the trailers, you just see um, you see this happening. It's the like one nun commits suicide in uh, in the nun in the nunnery, and this causes shockwaves throughout the entire, I guess, the Vatican. You could say they find they they find word of it happening, and they send a, a priest and a uh, and a young nun who hasn't taken her vows yet to investigate. Um, and what goes down in the convent is basically the whole movie of, in in question. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's what happens in a nutshell. It's it's quite well contained. The movie it doesn't um, it doesn't jump around too much. But one thing which I think this movie does really well is it it's a standalone experience because it's the first. It can be a standalone experience. It doesn't need to have any preceding. Probably don't need to watch anything. Yeah, well, you, it yeah, adds, it's pretty standalone. It adds to the experience yeah. if you've seen other ones, I guess. But yeah. yeah. Don't have to watch any any of the other ones before watching this. Absolutely, it's it's like a, if you watch the other ones, you'll you'll appreciate the easter eggs yeah um one thing they do in the film as an editing process is they include because it's a prequel they, they include scenes from the conjuring 2 just to set it up and i strongly feel they didn't need to do that they could have just jumped in it, yeah they could have jumped, jumped in it, yeah. it in its own universe and then you know the fans will obviously stitch the gaps together and make make sense yeah um, but yeah, that's basically what the movie's about um it it, it uh, we've talked about the demon it tells the origin story of the demon Valak and how it gets its power from partly but also in, in terms of uh, what its nature is in the, in the Conjuring 2 you don't you just see its appearance you don't really know what it can do or its power you slowly find out towards the end and I think this one just tries to build upon the the real kind of dark and eerie sense of what what's what this thing is capable of doing basically yes yeah. yes that's Probably the best explanation of a story we've had so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on one on one quick round. <laughs> so the story itself, it's written by James Wan and Gary Diberman. Uh, I think both of them are involved in all the Conjuring movies. And you see you see James Wan's style in, in this movie in in parts. So we'll move on to the cast. It's not a big cast. I'll I'll go through and we can uh, say our thoughts on each of them. So there's Tysa Farmiga, who's Vera Farmiga's sister. Which I, I thought did she was not really know good. Until, yeah. I yeah. did not know that until this morning, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were related. I said, oh, they yeah. look really familiar. Yeah. They look pretty much the same. 
But yeah, she was really good. She yeah. was the best part of the movie for me. So she plays sister Irene, and yet she's basically the main character in the movie. And yeah, she did a good job, I thought, with what what she had. Yeah, she like I think my 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 barometer for someone's performance in a horror film is can they show fear without screaming? Yeah, yeah. And her over the top as eyes. Well. I think the directors originally I was reading up on her choice. The director didn't want to cast her because she was related to Vera Farmiga. But it was her audition tapes that convinced him to get her on board. The, the way she kind of acted when she was scared. And she sells it really well. She's not like this God-fearing nun that just starts losing it and starts praying. Yeah. She actually has a sense of like self-consciousness and a sense of ability to be able to say, something's wrong and I kind of can sense what's happening. Yeah, And that intuition level it really sells her performance. And I think that, that's, that's great. It was great yeah. to have her on. I would, I would like to see more of her if they do anything else. Because yeah. she was really good. Yeah, I, I saw some interviews with her, and apparently she's not a horror movie person at all. Oh, she hasn't okay. even watched the Conjuring movies because they're too scary. So she's gonna have a fun time. Yeah, apparently in this movie, a lot of the scenes she was actually scared, like she wasn't acting; she was actually scared. <laughs> Which is not surprising because they they filmed this in a legit fort uh, in the middle of Romania. Oh, yeah. There was a castle yeah. that they filmed in. And parts of it were filmed in Transylvania. I'm not even joking. It's like they, they went to Location Scout and they filmed this yeah. in the middle of vampire country. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd be, if she wasn't scared, I'd be surprised. <laughs> I, and then I guess we got some supporting characters in Damien Bashir, who plays Father Burke. He was, he was nah. okay. He, there was, okay, he was okay at parts. And then there was other parts where he was super over the top for no reason at all. Like... <laughs> He was fine. He, he was good until some other person came into the picture and we'll talk about him soon. Yeah. And yeah, there's... I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's he's okay, but he meets this character and him, and him and the character have a lot of scenes together and it gets very over the top. Um, yeah. You know who I'm well, talking about. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it in spoilers. Yeah. And I guess the other character that was a bit of a surprise to me was... Jonas Bloque, who plays Frenchie. Yeah, I thought he was hit and miss. Yeah, he was so sometimes he's... pretty funny, but some of his jokes didn't land. He's kind of like the comic relief. Yeah, kinda of the yep. movie. I thought he was okay. He's got some charisma, uh, p- probably more than the other two because he he's kind of likable. Whereas the other two are a little bit; they don't have much flair yeah. to them. I thought he was okay at times, yeah. but some of his jokes he. Most of his lines are like one-line jokes. Yeah, some of them didn't land. Yeah, Oscar. He he was definitely the comic relief aspect. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not entirely sold on the idea of having comic relief in a horror film. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't necessary in this movie. I I feel it's like to to, to really it took sell... away from the moment sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it does. It, it I think <coughs> the goal though in filmmaking is sometimes they need to ground a film before making it terrifying. And the grounding can happen in different ways. Comic relief is one of them. Yeah. Now, if they didn't have him, personally, I, I would have felt it would have been a little bit more cursed, the experience, because it's just like there's no there's no Escape. reprieve. Yeah. And that's I, I felt that from Annabelle Creation. There, there was absolutely no sense of joy. There was no sense of redemption. And there was one thing which was, uh, wasn't in this film was that... Sorry, that wasn't in Annabelle Creation was there was no sense of power over the evil. It was all just try and run. You might be able to do something, but you're going to eventually just get possessed mm. and fail. That doesn't necessarily happen. The, 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 the priest and the nun, because they have, obviously, you know, they come, they come from the Vatican mm. and she's a, she's, she's a young nun. There's, there's a sense of 
ability of them to kind of ward off the evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is... Especially with the father character. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, the father. You I kind of feel it. like they're going to get through, whereas in the other movies, there's this sense of helplessness. Like, how are they actually going to defeat this? Right, right. You don't see a way through it, especially Annabelle creation. Yeah. Because they're just was, kids as well. So, it was, it was yeah. quite surprising because yeah. there were moments, seen in the first Conjuring film, where it's very clear the exorcism, the exorcism was done with... You know the cross of the cross of Christ and the holy water and that, and it eventually started weakening this demon, yeah, or the demonic presence, yeah. And you get this idea, okay, so it doesn't like holy signs, it doesn't like holy water, it doesn't like this, this. Then you go to creation, and you have a look at this experience where there are nuns trying to ward off this demon, and it just, it just gets thrown away, and the cross doesn't do anything. And you're wondering, geez, what? This film is like there's no redemption, yeah. And that's when the nun comes in, and it's it's all about. In, in the center of the most holy place you could think of, like a, a, a convent where there's crosses everywhere, right? It's like, yeah, that still is not enough. And that's where it gets kind of freaky, where the, the origin of the evil comes out from a place where you would expect it to be protecting it. from. Well, there, there's a line that I think Frenchie says that um, the crosses are there not to ward off the evil, but to keep in the evil. To contain yeah. it. Yeah. And then there's obviously Valak, Played by Bonnie Aarons, the same uh, actor as in Conjuring 2. She does what Valak does. Yeah. <laughs> she, she does what she needs to do. She's good at what she does. I would recommend not to stop. Yeah. I think it's. I think it was a combination of her ability to just have that presence. Have yeah. The face. It's just the face. And yeah. The face. I think is she is she tall. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. In real life, she. You can still kind of see the face structure of Valak, but yeah, yeah. does I, she I have blood soaked teeth? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she's wearing contacts though, the yellow contacts. Yeah, that, definitely. That yeah. really, I don't know yeah. everything else, but the eyes are this just. Yeah. Oh man, that gives me yeah. this shit. And there's a host of supporting cast members, but you don't, you don't, don't spend enough time with them to yeah. even, you know, we, we don't need to talk about them really. We can talk about the positives and negatives of the movie. Um, we'll start with you because I feel like you don't have many positives. Positives. I've already <laughs> gone through mine. <laughs> I liked um, what? How do you say? Tysa. Tysa Farmiga. Yeah, yeah, she was good. There was probably one or two scary parts. I would say one scary part that I remember, and the rest was just funny for me. But I had fun in the movie just because I was laughing a lot. <laughs> but it's not scary. Yeah, it, I didn't find it scary at all. Yeah, either that, no real positives from my end. Positives from my end. I like the overall atmosphere of the movie. It's very contained, so it's within the the convent pretty much for most of the movie, and I liked how he built up that suspense within that just that atmosphere. Like you said, Tysa Farmiga was pretty good. I thought the father character was okay; he was entertaining in parts. Overall, the acting was not bad. The the performances were were fine, but there there were too many jump scares for my liking. I go get to negatives. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at yourself. that. I'll go into neighbors after. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to we'll hear, first. We'll hear yeah. from your positives. Yeah, so my, mine's going to be a bit of a polar opposite. I just want to ask, what's the sign of a positive? What do you mean? As in like the physical sign of a positive. It's a cross, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it, there are heaps of positives. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then they yeah. turn upside down, which is... Still it's still positive, positive. yeah. yeah positive. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the start of the fucking horrible jokes. <laughs> Only by me. Yeah. Um, so I, I did find that um, I, I have to agree where with Strive and the Atmosphere was it was a real plus. It was one of the few films where you really get to see the world building. I think that's one of the major positives. Yeah. It built the 
the the situation, the location. They did wide sweeping shots. They carried over the presence of the place they were about to go into, and uh, that was one big positive for me. Another big, another uh, interesting positive, which I think is going to be other people's negative, is going to be the law of the film. They had a few choices to take. They could have gone full origin story and created something up from the ground up, or they could have just brought it up from hell and you know made, made a story. This uh, the, this story has a lot of parallels with. Uh, one of my other favorite films of all time, The Da Vinci Code. And I had a feeling of like, oh, wow, that's that's interesting. I won't spoil the story, but it's more so how they go about explaining the demon, explaining the history, explaining the passage of time. I just find it funny that you've compared this movie to The Da Vinci Code. I haven't seen The Da Vinci Code, but I don't think it's like this movie. It's it's only, uh, it's only it's not that there are no evil nuns. Is it? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and dead, dead but bodies. But it is about the church, though, isn't it? Uh, it's about the church. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's basically how far back in history can you go to explain something. Uh, okay. And this one does do a big reach. Yeah. Uh, it goes quite goes quite far back. For me, that, that was... I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, I was only expecting something around the same vicinity of time. Like, I was literally expecting something to be created in the movie and by the end of it you're like oh now i understand where this kind of thing has been uh, born yeah. from has been created and why it's so angry and how it's got those lovely eyes but yeah that, that that's my takeaway from the, the things that this movie got right yeah. from my end yeah yeah you do feel like the convent is a real place as well it doesn't feel like a set it does feel like yes, it could e- give actually a, exist yeah they give yeah. a couple of like wide sweeping shots shots of it yeah which Looks decent in some shots, but yeah. not so decent in other shots. Yeah, you can see a bit of CGI in places, yeah. but I, overall, they overall, with the with, it yeah, looks pretty. It good. looks fine. Overall, yeah. like even the nun, pretty yeah. good visuals. Nothing looks that bad in the movie. Yeah, yeah. All, all the money they spent in it looks like it went to the right spot. So yeah. negatives. The we'll negatives start with you. <laughs> is just okay in horror movies. The ones that I do like is the ones where you can get behind the characters a little bit. But in this movie, the characters just do stupid shit on the regular. Just every decision they make is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get into that in the spoilers. Yeah, I think I heard a rattle over there. Yeah. Let me just go and take my only yeah. source of light and go check it out. Yeah, they, they love they love following shit in this movie. They, yeah. they see stuff and they're like, oh, let's follow their shadow that doesn't have a person <laughs> and see where that takes us. Lots of jump scares as well that weren't that scary after the jump. And some of them are actually quite funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we'll Um, talk about when we laughed, but yeah. Yeah. And along with that, the plot is... It's it's okay, but it's not great. Yeah, it's very basic. Yeah, it's It's, very basic. You expected a lot more from it. And even though it was a non-origin story, you don't really get much of an origin. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. The origin's like, without spoiling it, it's yeah. pretty much covered in the first five minutes of yeah. the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's not it's not a non-origin story. It's just the nun's there and then starts wreaking havoc. And what, and what exactly the nun's trying to do doesn't make sense either. Like, I, I don't know what the nun's trying to do until... Oh, actually, I do. I remember what the nun's trying to do. Scratch that. Yeah. No, we got it. We got it. That was my bad. And, my bad. and when you say the nun, you're not talking about the demon. You're talking about one of the nuns. No, I'm talking about the demon. Oh, sorry. Val- I thought you were talking yeah. about one of the nuns. Val- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So the, yeah, the nun one here I would be referred to as just the nun as opposed to a nun. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. nun is uh, Valak. Yeah, it's Valak. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's not it's not great. Yeah. It's one of the more terrible horror movies I've seen. Are we are we going to do rank downs for this? Should we do like a ranking of all the films of the Conjuring I, movies? I haven't seen. Yeah. I've only seen Conjuring one and two. So it's yeah. well, I gave where... you, I gave you the breakdown. So based yeah, on that, give me a ranking. Yeah, like, that, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't affect how okay. how the movies are. It was so yeah. bad. It was worse than the film that I haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> My negatives. I agree with you. So in the other Conjuring movies, you do get invested in the characters, especially. The Conjuring movies themselves with the Warrens, you, you're invested you in their invest, characters. Yeah, yeah. And even the other characters within the Conjuring movies, so the, the family in the first movie and the the girl in the second movie, Janet, that gets um, possessed. You you have a connection with them, so you kind of feel for them, for you their situation. And they don't do stupid shit. They, like, they do a bit of stupid yeah. shit, but you can understand why they do it. In this movie, you can't understand why they did it. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was a bit bit disappointing because you don't really get behind any of the characters in this movie maybe they should have spent it's not a long movie it's only 90 minutes so they could have spent a little bit more time establishing think, the characters yeah saying that i think the pacing was a bit off as well because it felt really long to me <laughs> and then it finished and it was only like an hour and a half i'm like geez i felt like two and a half hours it could me. be because you haven't had much sleep yeah that could <laughs> uh, yeah saying that the reason I hate this movie could be that I did not sleep at all last night, but it yeah. might have played a part. Other negatives were basically the scares. They weren't really that scary. It was just all jump scares. So yeah. you could see them coming from a mile away. There like... was this one part I was sitting next to Shravin. And he like leans into me and he's like, jump scare coming up. And then and it straight happened. away, jump scare. And it was a really funny jump scare as well. Yeah. <laughs> we actually laughed. People yeah. around us must be like, these guys are crazy. And I think music, like you you mentioned when we were coming back, the music was a little bit disappointing. It sounded like someone trying to imitate the music of The Conjuring, but not really getting it right. That's kind of what it sounded like to me. I think they have the music in The Conjuring when they have the, the title. Mm-hmm. The music that comes when they have the titles in The Conjuring movies. They use that as the nun's theme, I think, in this one. The nun's, yeah, the yeah. nun's theme is like, it's like humming, I guess. Yeah, it's it like is? a choir. It's yeah. it's a really eerie, um, like a really deep. It's it, yeah, it's, like it's, a really it's a deep, deep. And yeah. it's a deep and offsetting minor note that's yeah. played by one tenor, a female choir singer, yeah. in but the backdrop it's... of this like really, really bass music. Yeah, yeah. but um, it's kind of overused a lot. They 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 only I, I counted they only did it twice. They only showed that reference music twice in this one, and it's always when. You see the nun somewhere. When you, yeah, yeah, when you see the nun, yeah. It's just like yeah. to show, oh, that's her. I'm yeah. just regular nun. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, I feel like in the Conjuring movies, basically when they start the movies, they have a they have a scene, and then they show you the title Conjuring. It just freaks me out every time they show... Just just when they show you the title, it freaks me out with that music. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did not get that with this, yeah. This one, it didn't it didn't have that much of an effect. So, unfortunately, I, with a, a good horror movie is when you walk out and you it still haunts you. And you can't get to sleep tonight, but I think I'll be sleeping fine tonight. So I could, I yeah. nearly fell asleep during. So I think you'll be sleeping fine because you're going to be exhausted. Yeah. But... <laughs> what were your negatives? Uh, so for my negatives, I have to say one thing which definitely stood out. I, I do have to agree on one point was that the jump scares did get a little bit too frequent. 
Yeah. In which case you get to a point where you can start predicting them. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you, the moment you see a bit of silence or a bit of uh, like pause the in music, music goes slow. You and know, then, it, something's yeah. going to happen, and you don't know what. Even just that level of, if a viewer is able to 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 kind of predict something that's, that's going to happen, it will lessen the impact. Yeah. Um, I felt the the over reliance on that technique is something which is not characteristic of the conjuring. Of scene. the conjuring, no, it's not. Yeah. It's usually because the, normally, yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/trip for free shipping and three hundred sixty-five day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's, yeah. it's story built scares in yeah. Conjuring. Story yeah. built or even just there's, there's really slow, subtle moments where it's in plain view. There's no trickery. It's yeah. just eerie. And it's, it's not just... just bang that's it and then yeah. let's move on it yeah. keeps going it keeps going yeah, yeah it keeps building because yeah. in the first conjuring or the, both the conjuring movies the first 20 minutes if you just watch the first 20 minutes without anything you wouldn't even think it's a horror movie like it's just a family moving into a house it could be anything it could be yeah. just a, a that's drama true. that's true it's a, the scares start 20 minutes in and yeah. that's when you feel it because you you start getting invested with the characters, and that's and when you feel it. That, that goes back to they spend so much time on the family, you begin to invest in them. Yeah. Whereas it, because it jumps right into it for the nun, yeah, it doesn't give you as much time to invest in the character so much so as find, finding out who they are and what they can do. Yeah. So that that was one thing which I felt. Yes, that was that was a trade off. Them, they definitely would have made a decision earlier. I on think saying, they yeah wanted more scares rather than I would say I still got slightly invested in the main girl's character like if anyone slightly in her character just because she's relatable a little bit a little yeah. bit, yeah. A little bit. I, for, I, for me it was more yeah. frenchy than her because he was 
But he's he, not in it a whole he's lot. Not, he's not in it a whole yeah. lot, yeah. yeah. But he at least he had a bit of character. He had a bit of humor about him. So surprisingly, I wasn't as invested in the, the role of Sister Irene. Um, yeah, that's it. I was, yeah. I was more invested in the father for one reason. He seemed to be the only one with enough authority or power to repel the, the evil that was plaguing this place. Not repel, at least even have an effect on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but by, 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 by virtue of him being a Vatican investigative Sherlock Holmes version of whatever. Um, yeah, after a certain point with the father, yeah. all these scenes just became comedy scenes for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the part I'm talking about. But yeah. after a certain point, everything just became a comedy with yeah. him. But I think as as a whole, the for, for, personally for me, I I was a little bit because on the one thing that also really impacts horror films is your location in the theater and who you're sitting next to. <laughs> um, you, you, I'm not making a yeah. comment on you though. What I'm saying is I was sitting next to someone who was cheating himself. Yeah. <laughs> and on the first jump scare, they almost punched me in the face. Because <laughs> he was so shaken. He was just... Uh, you know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, sit, I sat next to him for the second conjuring and yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> if you sit next to someone who is actually like physically scared, that actually improves your own atmosphere and feeling for the movie. I might be encroaching into the positives here, but one thing which really did help sell the story was the sound design. And I think part of the sound design, not just the music, but the, they, they really sold the idea that you were in a abandoned, cold castle. And you don't know what's at the end of the hall. You just hear a creak here, a voice coming from like the corner speaker. That was cool. Yeah. I really did this around. I haven't um, heard that a lot. Of, well, I, I haven't seen a lot of horror movies in the theatre. Yeah. But I don't know if they do that a lot, but they kept using the side speakers. Side speakers, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, when, when I was doing my watch through of the series and I'd be look, putting on surround speakers, you, I would get that effect of like a whisper here and then like yeah. footsteps running. But it wasn't as visceral as you would say, just like there's a main screen, there's, there's background noises and then the slightest whisper comes from like some corner. It's just like, mm-hmm. okay, that's just... It was, yeah. it was yeah. quite, that was quite well done actually. And the first time it happened, I was like, Where's yeah. that coming from? And it wasn't even a scary moment. It was a bird. It was like a bird. Um, it was like a crow or something. Yeah. 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 Some, something yeah. really, really subtle. Yeah. The, the subtleties and the design. I, I could tell where the production value was put into. Yeah, you um, could tell where the money went. And, yeah. and I, I just wish they carried that over to make sure it was consistent enough in terms of the way they portrayed horror. It's That's surprising because... It the people that wrote this are the people you would probably think that would do well. Yeah. And that's the one area that it kind of well, I think down on. Yeah. James Wan, I think he, he wrote it, but I think it would have been a bit hands-off with this movie because he was busy with Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah. So he, I don't think he was, he wasn't at the sets like every day or anything. So he, yeah. yeah. But he was second unit director. So he, he did, there were, there were definitely scenes where he shot in this. I'm not sure which ones he shot, but if I were to guess, it's usually, I'm like, guessing it, uh, Without spoiling anything, the last scene, the last scene possibly. Yeah, it's it's usually the the only reason why they ever have more than one unit is if they have to film in different locations. At the yeah, same time. I'd say if they he probably filmed all the Warren stuff. Maybe yeah. Warren yeah. stuff. I I have a feeling he did all the outdoor scenes in the forest because yes, they did have jump scares, but I felt it was reminiscent of his style because it was really they were shaky cam, like they were following the viewer. Yeah, they weren't on a steady trolley or anything. They were like really, really on the ground, like you were right next to them. Um, it was still full of jump scares, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I felt maybe that wouldn't have been the way he would have done it if yeah. he was to do the whole thing. Was, yeah, the story's quite disappointing. Knowing who wrote it going in, you you would expect more. Yeah, going in probably would. Yeah, I I went in with 
my expectation level was set at animal creation i'm just like all right i've seen this film that was depressing as hell (laughs) this is a little more happy (laughs) do you guys want to do well you two have seen more than me yeah my ranking's obvious it's conjuring one conjuring two and then this yeah um but you guys would have better rankings well we'll do our overall ratings then we'll do our rankings okay yeah so your overall rating uh 37.5 okay is it out of 100 so for <laughs> I'll, I'll answer that question. So for those who uh, don't listen to our podcast frequently, Tarun's ratings are not on a. It's like a sliding scale. So for every movie, he'll give you a number, but it's not out of the same number every time. Yeah, so, I've given a couple of thirties lately. Yeah, you but have they're given, on they're on different scales. They're, they're all on different, on different scales. scales. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but going by his comments, I, I don't think that's a good rating this time. Even though you gave thirty last time, it was a good rating. Yeah, what yeah. what did we do last time? Meg? Meg, yeah. yeah. 30, 30 for the Meg was a good one. Yeah. yeah. It's very high rating. Oh, and Crazy Rich Asians, I think you gave us 30 as well. Yeah. 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 All right. What was what would you give for this? So I can make my own scale. You can you yeah, can do whatever, do whatever you want. You want. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. That's, that's the best way. <laughs> uh, five out of seven. You can just walk um, out <laughs> if you wanted to. Five out of seven is the old meme. Um I, I would I would rate it. As a number, it's not going to give much value. I would say if you're a fan of horror, watch this film. It's a good horror film. If you're a fan of The Conjuring, still watch it. Don't have high expectations. Okay. And you'll come out of the theater with a, a nice a, a nice experience with a little few Easter eggs here and there. Do not drop your popcorn in the middle of the scary scene. <laughs> Jesus Christ, there was someone who was dropped their popcorn in the middle of a quiet scene and gave everyone the shits. Like, <laughs> everyone everyone was, got scared and then started laughing. I think that was actually... The scariest moment, moment in the movie, and it wasn't yeah. even in the movie. Yeah. So I got right behind her, <laughs> yeah. dropped the popcorn, everyone. So my, my rating would be, I would say, four out of seven crosses. <laughs> Specifically for this film. You should, have, you should have rated out of 13. Out of 13. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Say that, Thorin, we're going to start getting cursed audio. <laughs> so, but like, this is the background. This yeah, well, it's interesting because we went with a group of people for this movie, and we had 13 people. Yeah. Well, we were meant to have... Th- actually, we didn't, because one yeah, person didn't come. 12. One person didn't come. So if we had 13... We would have died. Yeah. We wouldn't have been Maybe it's a sign. Yeah. 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 We were meant to have 13. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one one little detail I did forget. They... Oh, I remember they... Oh, these guys... You know, you were talking about the budget for this film? Yeah. A lot of it was spent apparently filming the scenes in the castle. They had to spend like something like 5,000 euros every hour. Oh, okay. They hired this place out. They put a lot of effort to the creation and the, and yeah. the of authenticity. So I'm going to bump it up. I'm going to put five out of seven. It misses out on the other two because it's not as good as I think the staple Conjuring series, which yep. were for me almost perfect experiences. Yeah. My overall rating is, I guess I'd have to do something similar to you. So if you're invested in the Conjuring universe, I guess you should still probably watch this movie just for the continuity, but I don't think you have to go out of your way to watch it at the cinema necessarily. I think you'd get the same uh, effect in your in your home watching watching with good a good sound system. If you're not invested in the Conjuring universe, I don't think you'd really have to watch this movie. It's not the best horror movie of. Well, we haven't had great horror movies this year, so it's not. It's not. Oh, a, there's been one good one, one really good one. Quiet place. Quiet place. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, which yeah. I haven't seen, but I I would imagine it's not as good as the well, Quiet Place. Nowhere near as good as that. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you're not invested in the Conjuring universe, I would say you uh, do not have to watch this unless you know you just want to watch a horror, the latest horror movie then go for yeah, it yeah if you want to yeah. have some Halloween scares or something then yeah, yeah why not? but I think we've got some 
more horror movies coming out for Halloween. We've got yeah. Halloween, Halloween, the movie Halloween. Yeah. So that might be scarier than this one. How about ratings for you guys? Oh, sorry, rankings. rankings. Yeah. So uh, I would put Conjuring 1 as number one. Yeah. Conjuring 2 as two. Annabelle Creation. Yeah. Then this movie, then Annabelle, the first Annabelle. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's very similar. I basically get Conjuring 1, Conjuring 2. I think this beats out on creation for one reason only. Creation's also guilty of the jump scares. And also the, 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 the whole horror aspect is built around the presence of just one entity. And I felt this gave a little bit more expanse to it. So it edges, for me personally, it edges out on creation uh, for, I guess, having... having they don't needed. They didn't need any precedent story to fill in. They they could have done anything they want. The end result was well, probably not the the best result, but I felt they did edge out a little bit better. So, conjuring one, conjuring two, none creation, and then Annabelle, yeah, still stays at last point. That doesn't have any redemption. I hear. I hear that's absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not bad, but yeah, it's. It's not good. It is. What it is. <laughs> it's definitely not good. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess we'll jump into spoilers. So if you haven't seen The Nun and you care about spoilers, come back to this point and uh, after you watch it and you can listen to our spoilers. But if you don't care about spoilers for this movie, keep listening. All right, so we can start with the first scene, which you mentioned, um, where they um, bring back some scenes from The Conjuring 2. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you were saying it's probably not necessary, and I agree. I don't think we needed that. I think it was an attempt to try and get people into the franchise. Yeah, yeah. people yeah. get excited. It's like, oh, yeah. it's the Warrens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. some, uh, well, I had someone sitting right next to me who hadn't watched Conjuring Two, and they thought that that scene was for the film, like they had made that for the film. For the film, yeah. yeah. I had to tell it. It was actually from the Conjuring Two. Yeah, you know? that's yeah. not that's not like the the opening titles or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then from there it goes back to 1952. This scene doesn't make sense as you get further into the movie because they open the door trying to... Um, so the door says God stops here? What, what does it God say? stops here. God, God dies here. God, God dies here? Or? Uh, God it, dies I, here, I think I'm pretty sure. There is no God... Be- it's, it's basically in the caption says God ends here. God ends, God ends here. here. Yeah, I think it's yeah, God yeah, ends yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, in, in they, Latin, yeah. In Latin, yeah. Yeah. they go through that door to try and stop the nun. But later, later in the movie, you find out that they need this, they need Jesus Christ's blood to stop the nun. Jesus Christ's blood's behind them. Yeah. What are they doing going into the room before they... What's no, the... no, I think, I think you had to go through that room. That... No, no, it's not. It, I, he, he, I thought the same thing. And then yeah. when, I rewind, when I just replayed it, the, when they go through the door and there's no darkness, there's actually just hallways and there's cells. And then I, I'm pretty sure that's where they had to go to to get... No, no, because first, first they get... Jesus Christ's blood yeah. and then they go through the door and then they go through the hallway and they get split up yeah, and she or, she already has the blood on her at that point oh no uh, I think so the key, right. yeah, yeah. yeah the key the key's unlocking something behind them yeah but for some reason they go into that place so we're talking key. about the first scene where there's two nuns or one of them goes in to confront Valak I'm assuming and she ends up dying so you're saying that she should have got the blood first. Well, they, they've got the key and they're like, oh, we have to go get the relic. Yeah. The relic isn't there. The relic is... Be- Other than if they didn't know where the relic was, then yeah. fair enough. If they didn't but, know it, fair enough. I, I felt yeah. 
I'm trying to play. How, how did they find the relic again? Was that, that it's was a Mary a, statue yeah. pointing towards this wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but the, where do they? How do they get to the Mary statue? It's before all the crosses. Uh, before okay. all that, yeah. Before all that. Yeah. I thought it was through that door, but no, I could no, be wrong. Hundred percent before. All so the that. first scene, what what was the point of that then? Is cause did she already have the key before she, she went? She had the key. key. Okay. And she's like, I'm gonna get the relic. Oh, okay. but the relic isn't in there. The relic. I think they me. didn't know where the relic was. Yeah, yeah. That, that's probably the only explanation. Yeah, that's quite possible. Because because the only way to find it would have been through the vision of Mary points the way. I guess so, yeah. yeah. You know if you didn't know that, then Yeah, you if you didn't know that, then yeah. how are you going to find it? Yeah, but, yeah true. So they, yeah. they thought maybe the key yeah. need, needed to go into the... But it's it's a bit plot holy. It's a bit plot holy yeah. when you think about it because, like, what what were they planning on doing? Just going into there and searching for keyholes? And for some reason, I'm sure this, was, this wasn't this was meant to be funny, but we found it funny for some oh, reason. Oh, it's really funny. <laughs> it's real funny. So the, the part where she's, like kind of crawling out the door and she's getting sucked back in and she's what, what did she say she, she says something, something yeah. she says something um, she's like take the key and um, take the key yeah. the, the, the demon will not spare you and then she just gets yeah. pulled back yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was an iconic conjuring pullback moment <laughs> yeah the, they the love the pullback moments like, yeah. like something's happening and then suddenly it just gets like, yeah. wretched yeah. back by an invisible force I think it was just maybe her acting or I don't know it's, what it's it what she said yeah. I can't exactly remember what she said but it was really funny <laughs> yeah. and it's because it went it goes south so quickly yeah. <laughs> she literally goes in next minute she's dead yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like two minutes later, she's yeah, dead. Did, yeah. you, did you hear the scream? When she goes in, and then you hear the scream. Yeah. So yeah. I'm guessing, yeah, she went through a few things. Yeah. Um, And then basically the other chick goes and suicides, which I was like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> but <laughs> later, later you find out why. Yeah. yeah. Which is normally the, the common motif in, these, in this series is a suicide done specifically while holding a relic is done to sacrifice yourself for the, for the relic or, or like you're, you're trying to... Put your soul into it. I didn't know why yeah. she was doing because she was a nun. Yeah, I, I when it first happened, I'm like, that was weird. Yeah. And but I felt like she was, she had a purpose in mind. Yeah. She was doing it for a reason. That's that is explained later in the movie, so that's fine. I don't have any problems with that. Yeah. Uh, the, the other curious thing was there was not really much passage of time. It felt like it all took place over one night. Oh, it looked like maximum couple two of nights. nights. Yeah, maximum yeah. two was nights. Was it a day sequence after they entered the castle? I can't remember. Well, they first stay go in, the yeah, yeah. and then she says to come back the next day. So yeah. they stay the night. Which I have a problem with that scene, because that's fucked. Yeah. So they stay the night, and then they stay another night after that. Yes. yes. Well, because the... she sleeps in the castle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And he hangs out in the foyer. In the foyer, yeah, yeah for the night. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see them getting any sleep, so it's like basically the full... Yeah, it I think could, it's... It could have just happened Everything happens that, that night. night. Yeah, yeah. 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 So maximum, like, over a couple two nights. nights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we proceed to meet the character Frenchie. So first it goes to the Vatican and you meet the father. No, no, I think you meet Frenchie because he sees the, oh, the dead. Oh, yeah, he sees the dead thing. He sees yeah, the, yeah, the, dead, the no. dead body hanging from... Um, and then open credits. Huh? And then, and then yeah. it says the nun. Yeah. And then we um, yeah. proceed to the Vatican. So basically they hire this father and Tysa Farmiga's character. Yeah. Because Sister she... Irene. Yes, Sister Irene. Because she visions, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. Because she had visions, they thought she could help with it's this. Not, yeah. It's not totally clear how Why? they knew. Yeah. Or... They were speaking really weirdly. I think what the main priest... Oh, dude, he was so over the top. I could not get over yeah, him. He was speaking in two layers. He was like <laughs> saying, the main father was like, is there a secret that I'm not knowing? And he's like, no, the only secret that's here is one which you have kept. 
And that's about his son having to be exercised, I realised. That's not his son, though. Just some random kid. It's just some guy. Yeah, yeah just, boy? Yeah. Are you talking about Daniel? Daniel. <laughs> Daniel's just a random kid. Daniel emotional <laughs> exposition. I totally thought that was his son. So, um, just while we're on that topic, you know the scene where he talks about that uh, Daniel and how it's hilarious. So, you know when he walks in, yeah. it's walks- very dramatic. Like, he opens the door, he just stands there for that a was, second. That was yeah. a Kramer moment. Yeah, it's like he <laughs> opens the door, it's like a low angle, and he's like legs wide and his arms wide. I, I could have sworn there was like a few beats of a bass guitar somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> very sidebelt reminiscent. Yeah. Hey, Daniel, what's going on? <laughs> I'm glad they put at least one exorcism in the movie to show us that, okay, he can do shit. Yeah, at least he had a bit of back... He had a bit of backstory, but also his backstory was not relevant to the whole story at all. Well, they keep saying Daniel. But why is Daniel there? It makes no sense why Daniel's there. So Daniel is there because Valak takes the form of things from your past to haunt you. Oh, so So that's actually Valak. Yes. Then why is Valak a nun for... That was one of the forms of the demon when you were flipping through the book, and he was saying that the demon can take. The demon is born in different forms, and you see yeah. one with the winged and horned creature. Mm-hmm. So, fun fact: Valak in Conjuring Two, uh, they shot all the scenes with Valak completely differently. Valak was meant to be a horned demon uh, with massive horns, and it was going to be played by um, the same guy who played the demon in other films, Joseph Bishara, who did the Bathsheba, uh, and he yeah. was a demon in Annabelle. They were going to do a demon for this one as well, like a wide-horned version. But this was cheaper. But what they did was they reshot all the scenes with Valak in Conjuring 2. They replaced it with a nun because they felt they wanted to go back to, to Lorraine's past and to Lorraine's vision a bit more. Yeah, to, kind of, yeah. to, to challenge her faith was, I think, the, yeah. the choice of words. Yeah. So in this one, they show when you see the book and they're flipping through the, this, the Marquis of Snake yeah. book. One of the forms is the horned demon. Then the next one is this weird baby with a snake coming out of it. And the next one is a nun. So the baby with the snake coming out of it Daniel, is what Daniel, Daniel is. Boy. Yeah. He was <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourite characters from this movie. Genuinely loved him. He's, uh, the execution was always like, you never got a good side of him. He was just always running away. And then finally he'd just appear and then a freaking snake would come out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's normal. Uh, it's, it's pretty hilarious, but also probably not too necessary. I, well... I guess it gives the father a bit of backstory. It, it, it does. It, it also uh, continues the tradition of having more than one cursed creature. Person, yeah. In, yeah. yeah. Even if it is all directed by the same demon, which was yeah. confusing for me in Animal Creation. I wasn't sure if the individual apparitions were all separate entities or if they were all somehow being powered by the demon. Turns out they're being powered by the demon. Yeah. yeah. Um, even the... Scarecrow guy, and I swear if they make a spin off the Scarecrow dude, I'll be pissed. Is it Scarecrow dude, the Crooked Man? Oh, is that Adele Creation? Well, that's no, no, no. Sca- uh, the Crooked Man's from Conjuring 2, from yeah, the little yeah. Yeah. toy. There is a Scarecrow that comes and animates itself in Adele Creation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. just a demon yeah. putting its hands in like a fucking <laughs> puppet. I'm just like, geez, that's cheap. <laughs> it could have actually um, made a Scarecrow spin off that a bit. <laughs> and in this one, they do something similar with Danny, which is, yeah, obviously. Yeah, Danny, yeah. Is there uh, any others? No, Who does Frenchie see? Frenchie sees the... He just sees some other nun. He doesn't he see... a nun. Yeah. yeah. Or the nun which hanged herself and the body remains without the hood. He says, oh, that was sitting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also sees... He also sees the actual nun. Yeah, he yeah. He well, strangle him at the end. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. sees the actual oh, yeah. Valak. Yeah, yeah, Val- yeah. Valley. Yeah. yeah. The Valley. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, what? where do we go? We... Like, he gets Tysa Farmiga. They go to Yeah, Romania. they go to they Romania. Yeah. This part's all really slow, where nothing much happens, which yeah, is kind of normal for a Conjuring movie, but it felt more so slow. 
I guess those were the parts that were trying to build up the character. Firstly, I don't think the execution was good enough and they didn't spend enough time doing it. So it kind of kind of fell flat during that that point. And then I guess the scare start. When I say scares, the jump scare start. So there's the scene with Frenchie, how he goes to the graveyard. No, before that, do you know the scene where they meet the head nun or whatever? Oh, yeah. And then she's got this weird-ass voice and she's like, she says all this random shit and she's like, oh, but we'll show you tomorrow. Just stay the night here. And they're like, yeah, fair enough. Let's do that. Firstly, you haven't even seen her face. You're just hearing a voice out of this cloak. Yeah, <laughs> and you don't question any of she's the shit She's not moving, says. and yeah. okay, just take a word for it. They don't, even, they don't even like question it. They're not even like, oh, should we stay? They're like, no, let's stay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like the right option. Yeah, it, you can't really make out if it's a person. I think when she first turns around, she fears like, what the hell is that? Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't move. It doesn't move. Yeah. And it speaks. You know, or maybe it's just an old lady that's been cooped up there for too long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just thinking. Hasn't got no fresh air. And know. you know the second time they see her when the, the father's in the basement. Yeah. And he's yeah. just reading a book and he hears something. Yeah. And he just sees her sitting there. Yeah. It's like, doesn't he question her? Like, he didn't hear her walking yeah. or anything. Does she just sit there all the time? Like, Actually, see, that's, that's, that's another thing that happens. He sees weird shit happening. Like, he sees his dead, he sees he his dead boy. He doesn't yeah. question and anything. He, 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 he never says, hold on, this is fucked up. Did you, did you see that as well? Or am yeah. I just... Yeah. Like, he's just like... Okay, that happened. <laughs> I must protect this from the word of God. Yes. <laughs> Dude, there's no communication between characters. Yeah. He falls into a grave at one point, and the next day he's like, oh, let's read these books that might give us a bit of answers about yeah. what's happening. Yeah, yeah, the, the book of snakes, and he's like, these books will get, the answers in these books, how the fuck do you know? <laughs> how do you know? You just came out of a grave, and there was books in there. This is not like you're reading the Half-Blood Prince, and you're yeah. like, oh, this is the seventh book in the installment, I'm going to read it and find out. He dies, by the way, he dies. That's one, the, that's one of the funniest scenes, where he looks into the grave, and he's like, Maybe these books will give us an answer. It just comes out of nowhere. I, I actually like that scene with the grave where he just he gets that's, pushed into it. It's a scary scene. And then scene. it's his yeah. gravestone. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's, that was well done. That was, yeah. That was a well done scene. That was well done. Yeah. yeah. That was probably one that of the probably better. The scary, that was the one scary scene I was talking about. Well, the, yeah. the scariest scene probably would have been the scene in the trailer, but they show it in the trailer. So it ends it up not being on. very scary. The one how she's walking, it's at the end. She's walking through the corridor and she looks back it's and she sees... She sees the nun behind her, but then the nun comes from... A, sorry, a, oh. a nun. Yeah, 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 she sees a nun. You don't yeah. see her face. And then the, it comes from yeah. the side. They show it in the trailer, so... Was that, was that the trailer that got removed from YouTube because it breached one of their shock response? No, no, it wasn't that one. It was, it was like a 15-second short, and it was literally just a black screen, and then you just see the nun screaming, and then it's... <laughs> That, that's all it was. Yeah, apparently it was, it was misleading because it, it ended up slowly reducing the volume of the actual source, but you were made to think that your volume had dropped, so you would naturally put your volume up. Yeah. And then on the screen, and came. Screen. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty evil. That wasn't evil. It got removed from YouTube, so I'm like, yeah. well, that, that's good. People were convinced this was going to be a, a similar experience. You know, they may have got their, they, they got their jump scares worth. Well, yeah, if you're looking for the jump scares, you get them. Well, from then onwards, it's basically just a, it's jump, a jump scare, scare fest. Yeah, yeah. After that, yeah, yeah. So there's a scene with Frenchie in the graveyard. Was, yeah, how we just laughed at. I literally saw it coming. I was like, jump scare now, and then you see the jump scare. Yeah. But what happens after the jump scare? Yeah. So the jump scare is that you see you see a nun hanging herself, and she's hung. And then there's a second jump scare, like two seconds later. He walks up to it. And the nun falls off onto him and then tries to bite him. 
And I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> and it could have been scary, but the execution was just off for that, me. So yeah. That moment when the body just falls out and just you see it just hung by the neck and it's just this moment. Yeah. yeah. That was probably the first proper jump scare. Yeah. And I'll be right next to me lost it. He, he had a spasm. So he almost knocked me out. But I think that having someone who's almost ready to pass out next to you really does improve the cinematic experience. So take take someone who's about to go out and just watch horror films. So my question was, you know how she sees a lot of the nuns just randomly. So there there, there are nuns yeah. that live in this place. But they're all dead. So uh, yeah. are they just her visions? Because none of the other people see those other nuns. They're all visions, I think. Yeah. It's not really clearly explained, but I think everyone's... Well, at the end... I think everyone's, everyone's dead, dead, right? Everyone's yeah. dead. I don't think they're... When you say vision, I don't think they're manifestations of her own subconscious. I think that they're actually spirits because they communicate information to her in some sense. Like, um, And some of them even just guide her. You don't realize they're guiding her. You, like one of the nuns just puts her in a room and then says, I sleep here for the night and then locks her in there. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. They're yeah. trying to protect her from the thing. And then you see another nun coming in and she's like opening the door and then she's just like, uh, she turns away and then she's crying. I didn't understand that. So I got the idea. She's basically like, you're all going to die. Yeah. You're going to die. Yeah. And that's like, she, that's the, that now tells me that that's a ghost or a spirit that is still kind of roaming around the castle grounds, but is, has been, has been, has come to death and is maybe be slowly being taken over by the demonic force. And I think the lady in the chair the groaning voice lady who spent too much time inside. <laughs> I felt like she was also, she was an older nun and she was about to be completely lost to whatever the yeah the, the demonic force was. The, and you know how every demon in the universe has the iconic sound? Like Bathsheba had the, the creaking of the rope sound where you would hear it in the middle of a bedroom. Yeah. And, like, and then yeah, the claps, <laughs> the claps of Rory. <laughs> and even in Conjuring 2, you would hear... The floorboards creaking. Yeah, when chair. he's walking down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, everyone had their unique sound, and I think Valix is the neck snap. You see her everywhere she is. It, it snaps. Annabelle's is I don't know what Annabelle's is. Bone crackling. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Something. Yeah. It's uh, oh no no Annabelle's is the music. Uh, oh the yeah. Music box. Yeah, that's right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think what you said is right, except you have to go a little bit searching for it to kind of get it. Yeah. And so like yeah. the the execution was off on it it could have been better and just a few tweaks here and there and it could have just been a whole lot better in terms of you would understand that a lot more but yeah you just have to search for it a bit more to kind of understand all that because it just feels like a whole load of random scenes put together it's like oh the nuns are here oh she's in a room next minute she's not in the room there's (laughs) someone praying in the room she goes into another room and starts praying and yeah it's it's a whole load of that when 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 all the nuns just marched in and then closed the door and sat down started doing the vigil i actually started getting genuinely creeped out it's like you know they're all just somewhere they all come they know they know how to come and that really freaked me out because it was just like the sense of they're all just doing this constant vigil no matter what happens and then it turns out they're all not physically there. Yeah. It was an apparition. So of... my interpretation of that was that that actually happened previously. So that's how they all died. Oh, like a, like a past thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a broken record just keeps... Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So that, that's what I thought happened. It's, I think it's open to interpretation. Yeah. What? Well, it's either they wanted it to be open to interpretation or they didn't know what they wanted out of it. So they kind of just put it in there. Yeah. It's got good... It's got cool imagery, though. Yeah. You give it that. I did like that scene that you just mentioned where they're sitting in a... So she's sitting in the middle and she's in white. 
and they're sitting around it, yeah. and they're in black. And they're in black, and it's yeah. actually a pentagram. If you look at it, yeah. form a five-pointed star, yeah. but you don't yeah. see the, the lines. It's just that she's in the middle of it. So yeah. it's a foreshadowing. Yeah, it's about to happen towards the end. So there were like things like that visually, which I visually is cool. So I good. Yeah. The, the, uh, I think after I don't know how long long ago this particular part was in terms of the story or the storyline, but the whole flashback as to the duke who built the castle. Yes. And that, yeah. that he tried to summon. Yeah, it was just a very quick exposition scene. Yeah, which oh, yeah. one of the nuns, yeah, goes through with her. That's when she's, before she's locked in the room, basically. It's right, just... Right. And she's yeah. explaining to her. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's one of the nuns who tells her about the story, right? Yeah. So one of the spirits tells her about how yeah. it happened. Yeah. yeah. And I think that scene is the birth of Valak. And it's not the... I think everyone was expecting, or people were expecting an origin story of how Valak was... Because, she, because she's a nun, everyone yeah. thought she would be... A nun from the convent i guess that's what i thought she would be yeah, yeah like yeah. an evil nun but yeah. she's not actually a nun that's just the that's just the form she takes just the yeah. form she takes she's just a normal demon yeah, yeah, yeah. just a normal just demon yeah garden day so that scene was the birth demon. well not the birth i guess you could say that was the creation of the, the uprising from hell or something yeah like that, this which which i thought was a bit disappointing in terms of the nun just being just another yeah demon. The, the, well they yeah. spent that scene what it's like two minutes two, two minutes, minutes. So, just the exposition yeah. scene yeah, yeah. That, that could have been maybe a better... Pre- that could have been the whole yeah. movie. That could have yeah. been the first scene, actually. That could have yeah. been the first scene. That could have been, yeah. yeah. Like the Crusades. I And when I mentioned about this being close to the Da Vinci Code, that was the scene I was talking about. The fact that oh, they brought yeah. in the, the the Knights Templar. So they had the official Knights sign. They were the original um, Templar Knights. And then they bring in this priest who has a vial of Jesus that's Christ. A vial of blood. Jesus Christ. Blood. How the hell is it still liquid? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, I thought that was a bit stupid. Yeah. Having a vial of Jesus Christ's blood. And I love the yeah. fact that the vial was in the shape of an egg. Yeah. <laughs> like, how many Jesus references can we crack no, it's, this it's object? A, it's, it's an egg with the cross in the middle. Yeah. It's like, who made this? <laughs> but that was, it was an interesting thing. It's apparently Jesus' blood has extremely powerful properties. Yeah. And then they uh, quickly gloss over. And right. then Sister Irene ends up just taking a chug full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, doesn't make sense. She's underwater. She's drowning. How does she drink the blood? She may have just took a swag. It's. I, I think it's impossible. I think it's close to impossible to do that. Yeah. 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 I don't know how she did it. Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying and to also, figure it out, but I can't think. And of also, it. why? Yeah. <laughs> why would you drink the blood? Rather than just like throwing it on her or something, that was an interesting choice. Yeah, yeah it was an interesting. Choice uh, it plays back to the whole, you know how wine and bread is meant to be the blood and flesh of Christ, oh, and everyone okay. takes yeah. a bit of wine. So it's like it's a symbolic, I think, of her just taking yeah a bit of Jesus Christ's blood, but the whole mouthful is a bit too much. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll quickly talk about the end. It's a bit of like you said, sequel bait. Valak, we find out that Valak basically passes. She imprints Frenchie, I guess. Yeah, imprints Frenchie in some form. Yeah. So that's how Valk lives on. That's how we see Valak in Conjuring 2 as well. Mm. Yeah. So we but see it that... It's like that they're going to do a sequel where they do an exorcism of Frenchie. Because yeah. they're kind no, of... No, well, that, that, that scene that they show at the very end is in Conjuring 1. Because you see the mother in the audience as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mor- yeah. the exorcism of Maurice. Yeah. It's in the very beginning of Conjuring 1. Oh, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, in the yeah. first, yeah. Um, yeah. They Obviously, not, not the, the actor they did for the exorcism in that one was a, a different, different actor. Guy. Yeah. But yeah. They, show, they, they show him like he has these symptoms of he starts speaking Latin all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, they say, you know, he was a farmer. He doesn't know two words of English, but he can speak Latin. And that's how the, the mother recruits them. So she goes to that lecture. Yeah. And she 
she basically finds out that they could help her with their situation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So that links back to that one. Yeah. Also, yeah, unnecessary, I guess. Yeah. Oh, the moment they said, the moment he said his name is Maurice, I'm like, yeah, I know this guy. This yeah. guy, this guy's the dude from the Exorcist. I'm like, shit. Yeah. And is it in that in that video? Do you see the sister sister Irene no. there? There's no. There's only a priest there. I thought Lorraine. I saw Sister Irene in there. No, that was Lorraine. That oh, was, was that Lorraine? Lorraine yeah. was right next yeah. to Maurice. And that's what happens. Like Maurice, the guy who's going for the exorcism, grabs Lorraine. And then Lorraine gets his vision of the nun and Ed getting killed. Yeah. Is Lorraine up. one of the... She's the Warren. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. the female how are they? How is she alive at the same time that this guy's alive? Only 20 years later. But he wants to be a whole lot older. Oh no, he, he was like yeah. so. At, you could say he was around late twenties in this film in the Nun. Yeah. So twenty five. Did they age him? I don't. Didn't look like really, he was that age. Really. Yeah. 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 I can't, it was about twenty years between this and. Yeah. The he looked like he was the same age. Yeah. Yeah. They shouldn't have replaced him as an actor. They just should have just kept the other one. Yeah, because he would have just aged. It was. It was an interesting choice. I think uh, that really that can, that seals the gap as to how. The Lorraine, nun came into... Into Lorraine's visions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why is the nun, you know? Yeah. yeah that's the reason why, because she yeah. was in that dude. Oh, yeah. okay. Pushing yeah, crosses yeah. out of his body and shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I think that scene was probably directed by James Wan, that whole final scene. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because it's got the Warrens in it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's... Is there anything else that we want to mention spoilery? Not really. Daniel's yeah. in it. Daniel, Danny, Danny, Danny boy, he's he's a comedic role basically. See if you can, oh, where was the point where you saw Valak's name? Oh like yes, I'll say that. Bar. So um, yeah. there's a point where you know when they get to Romania, yeah, and they're in the town and they they put their luggage onto a, a trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The number plate for the trailer is Valak. No way. Are you serious? I, oh damn! I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so cheap. It's like. Oh look, that's an interesting number plate. How did you get customized number plates in 1952? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if many people. Saw, I just saw it. I'm like, that says Valak. Did they have number plates in 1952? <laughs> yeah. I, I, not probably not plates, but they would have had some form of registration on the front. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they had plates, man. But that overall, um, I reckon, yeah, yeah, go, go see it. I reckon don't go see it. <laughs> you can take... You've got a wide range yeah, of opinions here, so you can... You can't go wrong. Yeah, you can yeah. take any of our opinions. I think yeah. Sraven Sra- Sra- had a good pun for this. Um, All right, so how many people enjoyed this movie? None. I've, I've, got, a, I've got a slightly oh, better one. How many people horrible. enjoyed this movie? One. <laughs> That's also horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those were absolutely terrible. <laughs> you're, ta- you're getting none of it. Nah, just stop. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll quickly go through a bit of news. So there are Captain Marvel photos that were released this week. Yeah, the first official. Yeah, photos. so they show like some of the scrolls. They show her in costume. Show Ben Mendel. Mendelssohn, who's I a... I can't recognize him, but... Who's a scroll, yeah. Yeah. So they look pretty good. Show Jude Law. And from what it looks like in the set photos, it looks like Ronan used to be a good guy at one point. Oh, okay. Because you see Ronan, Jude Law standing next to him, like possibly as like his second in command. Because Jude Law is a Cree in the movie, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And who's the black dude? Dujiman Honso. I forgot his character's name, but he's with Captain Marvel. He's Korath. Korath, yeah. So at one point they all work together, clearly, so... And they also show Star Force, which is her team. Of I think there's six yeah, of them. So, so Korat's in that team. Oh, okay. Korat's in that team, yeah. 
Mm. There must be a point maybe when they turn. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks like Ronan and Jude Law's character, who's probably Marvel. They haven't said he's Marvel, but, but he is. Marvel. Yeah. Marvel. yeah. yeah. Uh, Jude Law's character, Ronan, are part of the task force as well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Was there any other news you wanted to mention? Oh, Henry Cavill as uh, Gerald. Gerald. I don't know if I'm saying that right. From Gerald from Witcher 3. Oh, Witcher 3. Yeah, from yeah. Witcher series. Is yeah. that, that made like the Netflix series? Yes. Yeah, Netflix yeah. series. Yeah. I haven't played the game, so I don't know a whole lot about it. Yeah. But apparently the games are good. Don't know if people are too happy with the casting, though. But yeah, yeah. won't really know until you see a photo of him, I guess. Yeah. If he d- dye his hair white, age him, add a scar on his eye, he might pass off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he's too good looking, but I guess they can. I think he's meant to be good looking. Oh, oh, I think he is. Yeah, Gerard yeah. is a huge playboy in the... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's meant to be, yeah. Uh, anything else? Nick Fury and uh, Maria Hill set photos on Spider-Man Homecoming. So they're going to be in the movie. Oh, yeah, and Nick Fury was de-aged for uh, yeah, Captain Marvel. He looked, he looked pretty good, actually. Yeah. Okay, Spider-Man PS4 came out. You've got a well, copy. Yeah, I've just got the copy. Haven't played it. Haven't even opened you can it, give so. us a rundown in one of our future episodes yeah. on how, how that is. Competition. So for those who have got their entries in, thank you. We've got some great entries. We were going to announce a winner in this episode, but what we've done is we thought we'll give you a bit more time uh, for those who haven't had a chance to get their entries in. We're going to announce the winners in our review of Venom. So we thought that would be more in line with what we do. So we we, yeah. we started this podcast to talk about basically mostly superhero stuff, but we've branched out, I right. guess, a, a bit more, especially with Crazy Rich Asians and I guess this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it wasn't really in our uh, what we wanted to do with in this podcast. Weirdness. Yeah, but demons are like superheroes. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, opposite of superheroes, <laughs> like, like glory and death yeah. instead of hope. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you've got more time for the competition. So get your entries in before uh, the thirtieth of September. And we'll be announcing the winner in the first week of October when Venom comes out. So good luck with that. But we've had great entries, including your one. I'll, we'll, we'll mention it. It's uh, weird. <laughs> I can't actually remember, but I read it. And it was weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've, we've had some pretty funny ones. So we'll, we'll talk about uh, all the good ones that we got when we announce the winner as well. So for those who want to get in touch with us, how, how do they do that? So... Our email is cognitive recalibration podcast at gmail.com. Get us on Facebook and Instagram at cognitive recalibration and at Twitter on at C recalibration. And you can find us on all podcasting platforms now. So iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, pretty much any platform that you use for podcasting will be on it. So next week, we, we're going to go on a bit of a hiatus because I've got study and exams, which... Sounds very boring. I wish I could do this instead, but I've got to do that. So we'll be back in October. Thanks, Bosca, for being on being on yeah. this episode. It was really great to have you on. Oh, with, uh, well, thanks for having me on. This yeah, it was good to it was good to have you because I feel like if we didn't have you, we would have absolutely trashed this movie together. Yeah, it was good to have a bit of a light. <laughs> you kind of balanced us out a bit. Yeah, <laughs> Otherwise, it could have been a very dark review. We would have given it like no no. Basically, no quarter. Would have just yeah. completely shredded. <laughs> so yeah, it was good to it was good to have you on. And next time we have you on, you'll probably be a married man. So 
Yeah. So Good luck I, with, with that coming up. I, I was just saying, I, I'll be married, man. I won't have any time to watch your movies called <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man. I'll play my PS4 and just... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, get in a yeah. movie watching in the next 30 days, 40 days, I reckon. But yeah, uh, get, get it all done. Yeah. yeah. My uh, my partner, you guys know her. She she she's into horror, but I think uh, there's a there's a line and the nun crossed it. So she, <laughs> she didn't watch it. So. Yeah. It's cuz it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the line. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it was really fun being here, guys. Uh, thanks so much for inviting me. I'm uh, looking forward to next time. Yeah. No worries. Have to get you on again. Yeah, we'll we'll get you in. We'll get you in for something. Non-horror. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Baskets into his comic book movies as well. Yeah, so. so we'll get we'll get you in on a on a big comic book movie. Oh, we're we're getting your brother in for uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. Nice. He's coming. He's coming back. He, he was on our Atman and the Wasp episode. So yeah. he's coming back for Aquaman. We'll do. We'll do another one with you. Maybe Captain Marvel, since we talked about it Maybe today. Captain Marvel. Yeah. We'll just make it a Nick Cage film. It'll be horror anyway. Oh yes. I've <laughs> yeah. gone an entire episode almost without mentioning him. Yeah. yeah. Almost an entire episode. Almost. Almost. Yeah. Let's yeah. summon Nick Cage right now in this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess that's it for this week. We'll see you in our next episode, which will be the Predator review, but it'll be in, in a couple of weeks. So, all the best for the competition. We'll see you there. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.